Ask the podcast coach for October 13th, 2018. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that fun-filled music that means it's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I am Dave Jackson from the schoolofpodcasting.com. And sitting in and keeping the chair warm for one Mr. Jim Collison is the one and only Don't Be Fooled by Cheap Imitations. You know her from epodcastproductions.com and, of course, the story behind podcast.com, the one and only Emily Prokop. Emily, how's it going? Good morning, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you in a rainy Bellevue, Nebraska. Got my, <laughs> <laughs> I have my home gadget geek shirt on because I miss Jim. It's, I it, love guests, guests, but I miss Jim. He will be back, I think, now in four weeks. Next week, we will not have a show. I should be saying that now up front. Next week, no show. I will be in this lovely place called Australia, Ooh. which will be fun. And so uh, with both of us out, um, no show next week. I, I thought about making like a best of. That's the fun part is I'm right now trying to do two weeks worth of podcasts. Cause I've got the school of pie. I got all these other things going on. So I'm, I'm, I've kind of told myself, don't even look out the window today. Cause you're not going anywhere. You're going to sit right in this chair <laughs> and just do podcasting for the next, uh, whatever the rest of the day. And, uh, so I'll have a bunch in the can so that I don't have to worry about when I come back and things of that nature. So, um, well, you also have a pretty long flight, so hopefully you could get a lot of work done. Yeah, then. that's true. I'm actually looking up what I'm hoping to do on that is I looked down the other day and I actually went through and deleted some, I have like 148 episodes to listen to because I have a couple that are, I found some new short shows and I actually binged one. Boy, if you want to hear a good podcast, it's now called making Obama. It was originally called making Oprah. So it's from <laughs> W whatever, some place in Chicago. And I went through, I subscribed to it. I went into Overcast, said, download them all, sorted them oldest to newest. Because what it's, it's, they changed it. It was like Oprah story, and now they're doing like Obama story. So they changed, they did a whole rebrand. And I don't really care about the making Obama part. I just wanted the Oprah part. Man, is it good. Just the, the fact that, like, so many people now try to be, like, I want to be the next Pat Flynn or whatever. And one of the reasons why Oprah was super popular is she was not Phil Donahue. She yeah. was, she, she actually, in the fact that she resonated with people, they're like, cause she said, well, um, this guy got her tape, which wasn't very good. It was what she could do at the time with the equipment she had. She sent in this guy, this tape, this guy said, wow, I, I kind of like her brought her in and she goes, okay, well, um, we do need to, to mention the fact that you, you do know I'm black. Right. And he goes, yeah, I, I'd kind of figured that out. And she said, you, you do know I'm, I've got a little bit of a weight problem. He goes, yeah, me too. And they just put her on and it was just like, that was half the reason why people are like, wait a minute, she's actually kind of like me. And so it's a, it's just, and it just goes on and on about how she kept trying new things and some of them like blew up in her face and she changed her format a couple of times. I didn't realize that. I mean, I knew towards the end she was getting a little more spiritually, if that's even a verb. (laughs) Um, a little but, more woo. Yeah. Yeah. A little, a little more <laughs> woo in there. So it's really good. Uh, have you found any new podcasts lately that you would um, recommend to somebody? Um, I found, of course, my cat jumps on as soon as I start talking. Yeah. And the cat's name is? Princess Penelope Von Purry Pants. But <laughs> Wow. 
Yeah. I'm one of those cat ladies, believe it or not. <laughs> one more time. Princess Penelope. Princess Penelope Von Purry Pants of the Purry Pants Kingdom, if you want to get very formal. <laughs> All right. But really, we just call her princess because she does whatever she wants. Um, so I'm like trying any, to think of it. Like any cat. I have to look at my app, actually, because as soon as I find a new podcast, I binge it. And then I kind of forget about it because it moves yeah. to the back. It's in the back of the, the thing. So I have to look at what I just subscribed to. Well, that was one of the questions I found. I went out, what I always do is I go out to a bunch of Facebook groups and I see what people are talking about. And so this came from Jeremy Lanning and he said, um, honest question, maybe it's been covered with, and his, his word here is a bazillion podcasts out there in the, in, and the genre being a, in sort of a second wave of being fully realized and being completely saturated. Um, help me with the numbers. I've got that it's subjective and objective. I'm just curious where other folks are at six episodes, six episodes or two months in. And so there are a couple things that he's got what I think not in, he's not entirely accurate. Number one, there's not a bazillion podcasts. There are a lot of podcasts, but there's a big difference between a bazillion and 550,000, something like that. Um, and only something like a third of those are even active. Yeah. I actually saw there was a post here from, from Rob Walsh, who's the VP of podcasting at, uh, at Libsyn. And he said, uh, just so that we're, we're somewhat accurate here. There's 550,000 pieces of which less than 200,000 have been updated in the last year. He says, so that's a small number compared to uh, the 600 plus million blogs. So there's <laughs> 550,000 podcasts of which it's probably eh, 175,000 and there's 600 million blogs. So yeah. That's um. I do. I I just made a video for the school of podcasting, and I point that out. That I I go. This is Cleveland Brown Stadium. It holds seventy three thousand three hundred and two hundred seventy people. Some some weird number. Um, and it's like if I went to that stadium and I said, okay, if all the podcasters could meet me in the parking lot, it'd be thirty seven people. Yeah. So for every two thousand blogs, there is roughly one podcaster. And I went. That's pretty like. So if you want to get found. Do you want to be in the giant stadium or do you want to be in the parking lot with the other 36 people? <laughs> so it's not saturated at all. Um, and Emily, you do a uh, podcast production for people. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and on your website, you have a, a strange banner at the top. Why don't you talk about that? <laughs> it says I'm not accepting new clients right now. I'm at capacity for clients. And uh, it's still funny that, People still reach out to me and they're looking for an editor. And I even say, if you want editor recommendations, please reach out to me. I can recommend somebody for you because I'm in the Podcast Editors Club on Facebook, which is Steve Stewart's group of uh, podcast editors. And I mean, there's no shortage of them looking for work. If anybody goes into any of the other Facebook group for podcasters and they say, hey, I'm looking for an audio editor good luck. You just drum dropped a French fry in a parking lot because all the seagulls are going to come. Hey, yeah, I'll DM you. <laughs> and, yeah. And I always feel bad, but there's no sort of shortage of work. If you just put yourself out there as, yeah, I'm editing podcasts. One of my friends, actually, he went to school for broadcast. He's not into podcasting at all. And he was talking to me and he's like, oh, so wait, you actually make money from this? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I was trained in audio editing. I'm like, put yourself out there as a podcast editor. Yeah. Next thing, two weeks later, he's like, I got my first client. I'm like, of course you did. That's just, <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> it's like fishing in a pond filled with fish. 
Yeah. Just just throw that reel in there and go to town. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. And because uh, I, I kind of felt bad. I heard a podcast. Uh, somebody submitted a podcast for the podcast rodeo show, which is a show I do where I, I review the the first couple minutes of your show. And it was a a podcast for entrepreneurs. And the guy was interviewing other entrepreneurs. And at the end, I was like, you know, your production wasn't bad. The The intro kind of explained what was going on. And this was okay. And I said, but for me, it was kind of like, it's another podcast where entrepreneurs interview other entrepreneurs, but that's me. And I've been here for, I'm like, if I was brand new to the space, I might find this and go, where has this been? Oh my gosh. Wow. This is great. So, uh, you know, and there's whatever it is, there's like 80% of America has not listened to a podcast on a weekly basis yet. So there are a lot of, you know, a lot of people that haven't jumped in yet. So. But it's also funny because even though we say, because we've been in the space for a while, another show about Mm. entrepreneurs interviewing entrepreneurs, if somebody has been following that entrepreneur, maybe following their blog or signed up for their newsletter, and they're not into podcasts, they might not know that there are a bunch of other shows like that out there. But they're really excited that they have another way to connect to this person that they've been following, which is why a lot of times clients will be like, oh, well, is this done too much? And I'm like, Yes, but also your audience is going to think that you doing it is the best thing ever. And also they're going to put their personality into it because unless they're coming out of the gate sounding exactly like another more popular podcaster and they're copying the same five questions or the same format, hopefully they're putting their own spin on it and they're bringing people in. Like if you were to say, start a podcast, a interviewing other entrepreneurs, I'd be like, well, it's Dave Jackson doing it. Right. I'd I'd love to listen to that. That'd be great. Yeah. The other thing you want to check into is I've seen people do this. They're like, well, I went out to Apple and I typed in like my subject and there's like five other shows doing the same thing. And my answer on that is see if they're doing shows now, because in some cases it's like, oh yeah, that one's from 2014. That's one from 2008. And this one's from, oh wait, that one's still doing. Okay. So there were four shows and only one of them is actually still doing podcasts. The other three of like, for whatever reason, they're not doing it anymore. So a lot of times you can kind of get scared about, oh, there's so much competition. They're like, no, not, not really. Uh, Those people did five episodes and, and quit. And, uh, you know, go that route. But yeah, um, there's a, a band right now called Greta Van Fleet and everybody's giving them somewhat kind of slack because they sound just like, uh, Led Zeppelin, like 1970. And there was a guy on YouTube that made a good point. He goes, he goes, really, that's not that bad. He goes, because Led Zeppelin doesn't sound like Led Zeppelin anymore. He goes, somebody likes that sound, obviously. Why shouldn't somebody else do it? And he goes, yeah, that guy's completely ripping them off. He goes, but on the other hand, he goes, I would say, um, you know, that if, if Led Zeppelin was still doing that, he goes, but they're not. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. People are looking for, well, I've listened to Led Zeppelin. My records are all played out oh, exactly. and I want that sound again. Yeah. yeah. I don't really need to hear the immigrant song one more time. I've, I'm done with that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I thought that was, uh, it's, it's not saturated. Come on in. And it's, I've somebody, I forget where it was. Some podcast I listened to, they said, go ahead and try it. Uh, and I, I don't think they were talking about podcasting. It was something else. They said, because you'll either fail or or it will work. And they said, and if you fail, you have a great story to tell. And I'm like, 
That's kind of a good point. You'll either, you know, on the other side, you'll have some sort of new skill or insight or something of that nature. So um, anyway, hey, I want to talk about what is sitting behind you um, there on the, the shelf, because uh, it is what, this this Monday? This you, Monday, my book comes out. Yeah. Thank you for saying it's not dropping. I, my book drops on Monday. Yo. I- I've never heard that before. Oh. If I did, I'd be like, what? Maybe what? it's a music thing. Yeah. The new the new <laughs> album drops on Tuesday. That makes more sense. Yeah. I don't know. Because well Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> your 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 unboxing of your book video was awesome. Um Thanks. the thing you know what I really I liked it A because it was super creative. And I don't know, to me, when you actually first opened it and you actually saw your book. Um, your reaction was just to me like, wow, that's like, that's actually real. I don't believe you were putting that on. Um, yeah. and it's, did it, I mean, to actually hold it in your hand, what was it like? It's still not weird. It's still like, I mean, for people who've had a kid, that rush of adrenaline when giving birth mm-hmm. and then holding the baby for the first time is just like, this isn't this is real. This is a real thing. Like this isn't just going to like pop disappear. It's like, this is a real thing. This was a lot less pressure than going through labor, but I've heard people compare writing a book to having a child because it really is like part of you out there. And now it's real. And on Monday it's going to drop people. (laughs) So are you, uh, if somebody said, I need you to write another book, is it like childbirth where like the pain of writing the book is still too fresh to where you're like, no, not, mm, I, I need some time to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I'd have to think about it. But at the same time, I'm also writing episodes now ever since when they first talked to me about turning my show into a book, they said, we could see this becoming sort of a an ongoing thing. I mean, you're talking about 50 things here. We could do a second one, a third one. So now sometimes when I'm writing my episodes, I have that in mind, like, well, if I were to write another book, what would help future me out that I could add to Mm. this episode right now? And that's actually one of the things I'm going to be talking about at DC Podfest, because I'm going to be speaking about turning your podcast into a book. So that's one of the things to get in your head is maybe if I were to turn this into a book, what could I do now to my show notes or to my script or in my preparation of an episode that might help me repurpose this later? Nice. Yes. I just found out somebody told me that I'm not only speaking at at DC podcast, I'm one of the keynote speakers. And I was like, I saw that. (laughs) So now I'll have to maybe bring a suit. I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm looking forward to it. It's a new venue this year. So bigger, better. Stronger, faster, whatever it was, uh, Steve. Uh, remember, are you too young for Steve Austin? No, I worked at WWE. I know Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm thinking I'm the wrong guy, though. Um, God, I don't remember the six million dollar man was Steve. Oh, that was also Steve Austin. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steve they used to drive me nuts. That is his main boss guy, the Alex. I think was his name. Would call him Steve. I'm like, it's Steve. We're, we're, there's no H in Steve. It's, it's Steve. Well, um, if you ever listen to a Billy Joel song, he can't just add a T at the end of words. He adds a T-S. Really? Yeah. Got an example? Um, I'm trying to think now. I know, I know Lita Ford can't do uh, vowels. 
Um, or, or she doesn't like the end of words. Like I remember her big song, kiss me deadly was, I went to a party on a Saturday night. I didn't get lit. I got in a fight. Uh huh. That ain't no big thing. And I'm like, there are, there's another half of that word that you're completely missing. So completely dating myself as we flash back to the eighties here. Uh, but I'll have to listen to Billy Joel now. Yeah. To- and you won't be able to unhear it once. I'm trying to think of like, is it keeping the beats? No, it's keeping the faith. But he says like, you know, keeping the beats. Like that's how he says his T. It's a T T S sound. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have show numbers. Somebody asked in Facebook, like, do I need to put show numbers in my podcast? To which I, I rolled out my, my rocking chair and I said, those came about because a lovely little thing called the iPod Nano, which when I think back, go, what were they thinking? It was about the size of your thumb and, yeah. it, and it had no screen. So people were listening going, wait, and you had, I think you had a fast forward and a next button. But you could not read the screen. You didn't know what you were listening to. So you had to say things like schoolofpodcasting.com slash 640 or whatever. So people knew, okay, I've already heard this one. And then, of course, like the next generation, they're like, hey, maybe we should put a screen on this thing. (laughs) Um, Well, at the time, we didn't know any better. We were fine if it like because I had I had the knockoff, which just shuffled 99 songs over and over again. And I was fine with it. I knew all 99 of those songs and if it popped up. But. I wasn't downloading podcasts at that point because it was it was too much work. It was a lot of work when those came out to yeah. download a podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. So um so do you put uh you know episode numbers in your show or announce them or I think you, I'm trying to think when I listen to your show, I'm like, I don't think so. It's just today we're gonna talk about yeah you know, the history of rubber I, bands or whatever. I, I don't. I still put them in the actual title if you are outside of listening in Apple Podcasts. Well, I even put the Apple Podcast tag for the episode, but I will put in the title, whatever the story behind Teddy Bears, and then in parentheses, TSB, whatever, like 128. And there's no real reason for it other than in my head, I like to keep track of how many episodes I have. It's more for me than anybody else because I never say, go back to episode 17, I'm more likely going to say, and I did an episode on that, the story behind whatever, and I'll link to it in the show notes. So There you go. Speaking of that, today is episode number 230 of Ask the Podcast Coach. So somewhere on, that's what I usually do is I'll, I'll try to put the number somewhere in my show notes mm-hmm. so that if you are searching for it, um, it's there. But I, I am a person, I am, I'm not anti, you know, show number. I just don't, I don't want to put it and you, you do what I tell people. If you must put it at the end, I just hate to see where people will put the, they'll put the title of their, their show, you know, ask the podcast coach, and then they'll put episode number two thirty, and then they'll actually start their title. By that time, Apple's cut it off or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, you, you've blown a, a huge opportunity to, uh, to do that. So um, what I do appreciate is when people make pretty links to their show mm-hmm. and it's so ask the podcast coach.com slash two thirty. I'm going to remember that two thirty. that's going to stick in my head, but not something like ask the podcast coach.com slash how dash to dash start. Da- I'm not going to remember all that. And I'm going to jumble it up in my head. So numbers for me, they, they're easier to remember. So if somebody wants me to yeah. go to their website and look at the show notes and maybe there's something extra in there, that's when the episode numbers, they're important to me at least. The chat room is correcting me. The 
boss of Steve Austin was Oscar Goldman. So I don't know what I was thinking about, but I was completely off. Is there a list of podcast events for the whole USA? I wish there was a list of podcasts, period. One of the things that kind of bummed me out is I'm going to Australia next week. And the day before I land, there's another podcasting event called OzPod. And I didn't know that when I bought my tickets. Otherwise, I would have landed. It's weird. You have to, I would have had to have left, like, it sounds weird to like back up a day, but I, I would have had to like back up a day and a half to get there on time. And by the time I found out about it, by the time I went to switch my flight and my hotel and my vacation days at Libsyn, that was like, uh, you know, um, this is going to be painful. And I just went, mm. and, but I, I keep hearing there's a thing in Chicago that sounds like a podcast event and it is, but it's all, I'm, I'm going to put in, you know, it's popular. Let's go that route. It's popular Chicago podcast, and they're going to record their stuff live on a stage in some theater someplace. That PodCon? Maybe that's it. Yeah. I think that's PodCon. And, and there's, so there are a bunch that I keep hearing about many times after they happened. And I'm like, yeah, we need like, to me, I'm like, I will be happy to promote your event, you know, not as an adversary, just like, Hey, if you're looking for a place you know, and I know um, Addie was trying to do that for a while. Addie Saucedo had a, I want to say it was podcasters.unite or something like that. Because I remember it was yeah. a, a rather, it was kind of, I, it, I think it was dot .unite. I remember thinking there's dot .unite, you know, websites, but apparently there was. There is um, dot a lot of things that would surprise me every time. Yeah. So it would be nice if we had something. I know um, James Cridland from podnews.net announces a lot that I've never heard of because he's on the other side of the pond. So he's really good yeah. at letting us know about, um, and he, he was just talked about one where they, apparently a pretty decent one happened, a lot of speakers, blah, blah, blah. And the only thing you need to do to consume the content is speak Dutch. And so I was like, well, that's that's not going to work. Uh, but um you know, uh, Daniel says in the chat room, he says, I wanted podcast places to host a list of events, but couldn't keep up with that, uh, with that project. Yeah. You need yeah. that. That would be a fairly, and, and here's the problem. And this is what kind of stinks is if you had something that you set up to automate, you know, Hey, fill out this form and it will add it to the website kind of thing. Then people are going to spam it. You know, there has to yeah. be somebody there to go, Oh, here it is. Yes, publish this as opposed to, you know, it's 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 episode one twenty six of the hot dog podcast. And like, no, that's not it's not what we're talking about. And especially if they're going live and there's an option for virtual events, people will put every single podcast episode that they're recording in their Facebook live, maybe as no, you should come to this event. This is going to be so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, this is not a, you know, I love Ask the Podcast Coach. We're here every Saturday, askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. But I don't consider this a podcast event for, you know, <laughs> people fly in or whatever. Um, speaking of that, if you want to jump in, it's askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. And I should mention, uh, we and I even put it in, like when I set this up on uh, Google Hangouts, I put, we do not use the Google chat room. And uh, uh, somebody said, hey, I left you a comment and I could not find it. And I still have yet to go find it. It's in the Google chat room from like last week. And I'm like, I I don't know how to get there. I need to go back around and, and figure it out. But it's like I often say we ask the podcast coach dot com slash live or slash join. Take your pick. 
But uh, See, now that's surprising because on YouTube you can disable comments right away. Mm. So I'm surprised when you set up a live, it won't. Well, I guess if you're going live, I'll have to look. People would think you would want a chat room. I guess I don't know. Well, the thing, and I realize why we don't do that. I was watching uh, Mike Russell, who, by the way. Wow, that guy's just a ninja. He was doing a thing. I didn't realize this existed. Uh, Music Radio Creative, if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash MRC, he has a bunch of presets for Adobe Audition so that you basically load them in. He has all these effects. Like if you need a bright voice, just drag the track to this track. And it's also really cool stuff. And he's just a, a ninja at this stuff. And I've totally lost my, what were we talking about? Um, I lost my Chat turn. rooms? <laughs> oh, and he had a chat room. And so somebody asked something and I put a link to a uh, whatever website and Google was like, sorry, get that stuff out of here. No links allowed. And I was like, oh, that's why we don't use Google's chat room because we were doing a podcasters roundtable uh, one week and one of the chat rooms just completely went. Pfft. So we're like, all right, everybody over to Google. And that's the biggest drawback is they don't allow you to put any kind of links over there. And I'm like, Hmm, cause I, I thought about that. I'm like, well, maybe we should use the Google. And then I was like, mm, no, we're not. So that's, but not I think work. it's also convenient to have it on your website because if I were, if I had to look for it on Google, on YouTube, yeah. even if the little notification came up, I'd still be like, uh, that's an extra click. If I just type <laughs> ASK in my browser, yeah. it knows I'm going to ask the <laughs> podcast coach on Saturdays. <laughs> yeah. So if you're, uh, if you want to come see Emily and I speak, DC Podfest is November 9th through the 10th. Uh, go to dcpodfest.com. That's actually one of my favorite events. Um, not only do you, last week, last year we got pancakes. I mean, come on. What event feeds you pancakes? That was awesome. But to me, I like it because it's it's one of the smaller events. I'll be interested to see how big it gets this year because they have a bigger you know venue. But it just was super intimate. Um, and they have a place this year to record and make content. They say make content. So I think that also includes video. Nice. So that would be cool. Yeah. yeah. So looking forward to that. It's actually one of that one. Actually, I was trying to think about it. There aren't any actual podcast events I go to that I don't like. <laughs> so it's just a matter of which one do I like more. Um, I'm going to throw this out there. This came from a, uh, a member of the school of podcasting. I told him, I said, Hey, Saturday morning, come on. You can uh, just ask this here, but this is from John Henry. And he says, uh, I think I can, uh, oh, wait a minute. He says, uh, my question is about um, a website and address, basically a URL that I purchased for the podcast. I currently have convergestories.com. I don't have any hosting yet, but I don't want the site to stand alone. I already have a couple of websites, and I think I want the podcast to reside on. And then he has, his, he deals with um, youth with a mission. So they call it YWAM, which is the, the, I don't know, the, was that an acronym when you, yeah. yeah. So it's an acronym. So it's YWAMOCNJ.org. So there's a lot of that means something, but I wouldn't say it rolls off the tongue slash podcast where I've been posting YouTube versions of the podcast that I've begun posting. Now, can I use convergestories.com and push the podcast to the YWAMOCNJ site page to which I actually emailed him back. Uh, the thing that's tricky is I always say your website host. So let's say I go with, 
Bluehost, SiteGround, GoDaddy, whatever. That is the ground that your house sits on. And then your house, like my house is made out of wood or whatever, that is WordPress. And WordPress sits on on the ground that is your web hosting. And what's different is here in, I'm in Akron, Ohio, the plot of land I sit on, I'm assuming if you go to the post office or the county register or something, they would say, yes, the land that this sits on is, you know, 123 Main Street. And that will always be the same. I can rip down my house and it will still be 123 Main Street. The difference is, and that's your domain name, that's your address. The difference in the internet world is your domain name can point at anything. So for instance, I have a podcast called The Marketing Musician. It's still around. It hasn't had an episode for years. But if you go to marketingmusician.com, it's there. Well, many moons ago, I had a, a website for my music and I'm actually going to say this out loud. It was jamandave.com. Well, I still yes. own that domain. So if you go to jamandave.com, it redirects to marketingmusician.com. And I own a boatload of domains, and many of them point um, at the School of Podcasting. Emily, have you caught domain fever? Do you have any extra yeah. domains? Okay. Yeah, I do. I've Every time I get an idea for something, that's the first thing I do now <laughs> is see if the domain is available. I've I've been holding on to I think um since I discovered hover.com that's what I used yeah. to buy domains because they have automatic who is privacy which I used to go with GoDaddy and it was like oh as soon as you sign up for something here comes all the spam mm-hmm. and so I went with and hover and the phone calls and the phone calls I see so you just bu- I hello my name is Ken <laughs> no it's not uh, and I see you bought this domain. Do you need web host? Do you need a, you know, designer? I'm like, oh, so that's almost worth whatever it is, 10 bucks for the privacy thing. Yeah. I usually yeah. don't buy that. I swear I'm going to start buying it. <laughs> no, just, just use hover. Cause it's built in mm. It's automatic and it's still 1299 for most dot coms on there. So I have a few that I'm holding on to. Sometimes I'll let them lapse. Because I'm like, I'm never going to do anything for this. I have podcastershappyhour.com. I've been holding on to for three years. I'm like, I have no time to do anything with this. Yeah. But it's still mine. <laughs> I, well, it's funny because I have, I used GoDaddy. I'm actually in, they have a program where if you have a serious sickness, you can be in like the domain club and you get them for like seven bucks. But it's like, I want to say it's a hundred bucks a year. But if you have enough domains, it actually pays for itself. Um <laughs> And so I let one go with stageclose.net. And there was a time when I was doing the music thing that I was actually making decent affiliate stuff with that, where I found all these different cool, you know, shirts and things for people to wear on stage. But I have, I have not done anything with that in decades. And I was like, it's time to let this go. And now it's hilarious because, and I'm, I'm glad they do this with GoDaddy. They've let me know numerous times. They're like, Hey, this is going to expire. Are you like, just so you know, you're, you're going to lose this. And then once it expired, it was like, Hey, like you've got like another three days, you can reclaim this. Just let you know, you have an oopsie going on. And I was like, no, that's real. I'm like, no, seriously, it's, it's okay. Um, I've tried their, uh, GoDaddy has a thing where you can sell domains. And so far that has, uh, returned nothing for me. Yeah. So like here, you know, battlingbands.com surely somebody wants to set up some sort of contest where you can have battling bands. Apparently not. You know? I worked with uh, a lot of the people who started um, hashtag Potter and family 
And we had PatternFamily.com for about a year. And then the person who bought that domain just kind of went MIA. And soon as it lapsed, somebody else bought it, jacked up the price. I was negotiating with them. And I'm like, they want this much money. We're doing this for free. Uh, it's not really like they're holding it ransom pretty much. So, yeah. and that's something now that scares me. So it hold it feeds on my FOMO of, Oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta renew this because I just might use this at some point. I don't that's want somebody it. to grab it and it will no longer be $12.99. Like I paid for it. It'll be 50 bucks or a hundred bucks or $10,000, which I think Jason Bryant was looking for a website <laughs> and somebody else had it. And it was, he was like, I'm not paying $10,000 for this yes. URL. And on occasion, on occasion, your friends will buy your domains if you let them uh, expire, yeah. and then they won't sell them back to you, Stephen Jeanru. So I'm just saying, I had pod, oh. I had podfade.com, oh. and he bought it, and I'm like, dude, I I I, I made a boo boo. Can I have that back? And he went, no. I went, oh, okay, I see how you are. So I now have podfadebook.com because the idea was I was going to write a book on why people podfade, and that domain was this close to like, you know what? Forget it. That's not happening. I'm not writing another book. Um, Clay has a great question in the chat room. He says, is it possible if one uses a compressor gate like the DBX 286S, is it possible to record content that requires little to no post-processing besides editing? Emily, being that you are the editor, what do you think on that? I can say yes, because I ask for clips from people for my show from time to time. And I remember Stargate Pioneer used a compressor limiter gate, sent me the audio. And I'm like, I don't have to do anything to this. This is wonderful. And I mean, it was even the DBs. I didn't have to adjust them at all. Yeah. I was so happy. This is me or the luffs. It was all even and nice. And I said, I'm like, thank you for processing this for me. He's like, no, I didn't. I just used a compressor limiter gate and gave you, I was like, well, the raw audio's in there. Yeah. Sounds great. Garbage in, garbage out. So if you don't put garbage in, um, Daniel says, or your friends will buy a domain you mentioned on your, po- what was that website domain? It was something like, was it my awesome podcast? <laughs> and he kept mentioning and he kept mentioning it. And I'm like, surely he's bought the domain. And I go and I'm like, no. And I just, for the longest time I had, and then finally he's like, all right, smart guy. I'm like, all right. I, but you know, unlike Mr. Jean Roux, I sold it back to him. So, but that's all right. At, at this point I'm like, have pod fade. I'm never doing anything with that. So well, I, I bought a domain for the Epic film guys and ah. I was like, you guys are doing this. You need to buy epicfilmguys.com. And he's like, no, it's fine. I'll just stay with epicfilmguys.podbean.com. I'm like, nah, you, you need it. So I bought the domain. It was like $13 again. I'm like, just a let year. me buy this for you. Yeah. Let me buy this for you. I'll put it in your name. And so he's like, okay, well, let me work on the website. And I'm like, well, until then, it's being redirected to my website. So you would go to epicfilmguys.com and yeah. show up at uh, the story behind podcast.com. <laughs> it was like, why did you do that? Come on. I'm like, because I can. Don't worry. I can just send it. It's fine. Yeah. So easy. That is always to me a bit of a head scratcher. I can understand, you know, maybe not wanting to buy this or that, but to me, a domain name is, you know, we're talking like a dollar a month. And I was like, ah, because there was somebody that just now granted, it was like, they had two episodes up and they had sent something in for the podcast rodeo show. And I think they were kind of like looking for feedback to maybe, should we pursue this or not? It was actually really good. It was about Asperger's. It was from a 13 year old uh, girl and this guy right behind me is Kevin Mulrine. 
He was in the very first ever podcasting in six weeks, and it's his daughter. And it was really good and really entertaining. And I said, you just need a domain name right now because I'm not because it was on Spreaker and Spreaker was like Spreaker.com slash show slash word dash word dash word. And I'm like, nobody's going to that, buddy. (laughs) You got to got to come up with something better. Um, What was funny was with the story behind I was when I started that show, it was just supposed to be a side project to keep me podcasting. And the very first episode, I tell people my website is the story behind dot com, and I spell it Lipson. And then I'm like, all right, oh. now I, I like I should buy the domain just because because I wasn't going to put any money into it. It was just going to be my fun podcast right. I do on the side <laughs> to kill time. I don't know. And so then finally, I was like, all right, yeah, I'll just buy the URL. I bought enough. <laughs> I bought enough yeah, domains. Well. I might as well add this to the mix. But the thing is, my show is on my website is on Lipson which makes it so easy to have a website that I don't have to worry about at all. I don't have to worry about plugins. And I like that it's super simple. It's not part of a business. So I'm not trying to pull people into my funnel or sign them up for a newsletter or sell them a course. No, it's just a podcast site. And if someone doesn't want to build a podcast, absolutely. Just have somebody direct or have your URL direct to .podbean.com or .lipson.com. Super yeah. easy. Yeah, if I could uh if I could go back to like a time machine, I would go back and, and find uh the Daves. There there were two guys named Dave uh that started Libsyn and go, please pick a different name. Because it's it's fun when people write in to Libsyn and they'll call it one was um L I P T S O N Lipson um I'm sure you get Lisbon a lot. Lisbon, like Lisbon. Yeah. I'm like, that's a treaty. Um, it's just, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. So um, Daniel says many of these services let you even map a domain to your web page on their service, which yep. is what, uh, yeah, which Libsyn does. So yeah, yeah pretty easy. Um, but yeah, super easy to do. And uh, so that would be to me, if you're, if you're trying to do a podcast on the cheap, even if it's like WordPress, you know, WordPress dot com not oh, not dot org com is the free one yeah I, I don't know if you can put media on there without paying it's tricky uh yeah. you can i know you can do it's weird what you have to do so let's say i use something free like i'm not going to say the a word let's say i was using wooshka you can take the direct link to the mp3 and just paste it into wordpress and when you press enter it somehow does this magic mojo and puts a player there. So Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so nobody can de- there's no download button, there's not but it is a player and it plays <laughs> and that counts as a play on your um your host and whatever, but it's and it's weird because I just did one um I I moved one of my dead podcasts to another host and was and like, you know what? I'm going to kill the website cuz I have two websites that were infected with malware. And I use WordFence to keep it off. But what's hilarious, because it's still clean, but both those sites, it's like once you get some sort of malware, those people don't give up. 
And I, I, from time to time we'll get, it's like, Hey, one of them was weekly web tools. Weekly web tools is under severe attack. Just so you know. And I'm like, <laughs> the the website is dead. It hasn't been updated. You know, I update the plugins and stuff be, because it's for whatever reason, it's a target. And so I, I took this one website and I did, I moved it on uh wordpress.com and I'm going to have the domain just point at that. So you'll go to, it's feeding my faith. So if you go to feedingmyfaith.com. I don't know if it does now, but it will eventually go to feedingmyfaith.wordpress.com. And I don't care that once you get there, you will see that it's, you know, it's a subdomain or whatever. I'm like, it's just a, I don't care. Just here. If you want to listen to it, <laughs> there it is. Um, and I'm going to just cancel that, that website. I don't need it really anymore. So, um, you know, so you can use a domain and, and go that route. There's all sorts of different ways to uh, do that. And holy cow, it's 11, 11 already. And Make a so, wish, everyone. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and so if I can find, now I have to go back to here and uh, we will take a quick second to say thank you to our awesome supporters. If you go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome, and I have my fingers crossed right now because I'm not really sure what shape my PowerPoint is in, but we'll see here. It should just show. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we have um, Josh Liston from onthebubblepodcast.com. Uh, Greg from DebtShepherd.com, where he teaches financial wellness. Jonathan Bloom over at WeeklyAwesome.com. It's Weekly Inspiration. Uh, Glenn the Geek Hebert from HorseRadioNetwork.com. Uh, Josh Rivers from PodcastingExperiments.com. Uh, Max Trescott from AviationNewsTalk.com. I just can't get away from Max. I actually just did a review of podcasting on Planes.com, and Max was the guest. So I was like, man, there he is again. Um, is, is this the same Max as Max Flight? No. Okay. Cause I, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it must be a thing. If you're a pilot, (laughs) you have to be named Max. Um, It must be. And so if you, oh, I don't have her stuff yet. And that's not, this is the one I needed to fix. Carrie Bond from bondfiremedia.com, I believe is that. Um, Cause she just became a, a $20 supporter. Um, and Ronsley from must amplify.com. I knew there was one in here. I'm like, I don't think this is ready for prime time, but if you'd like to be an awesome supporter, go over to ask the podcast slash awesome. And, uh, we deeply appreciate everyone who, uh, keeps the lights on here. And that whole thing. I, let me make sure that's right. Bonfiremedia.com. I think that's it. And she just launched a show. That's not right. Um, she just, um, launched a show on Key West. So I will fix that in post of something or that nature. Um, but anyway, thank you to all our awesome supporters. We deeply appreciate it. Um, Ooh, they're talking mixed pre's in the, um, I did find this out on a PC. Cause one of the things like if I go to Twitch and go to stream, Twitch will only pick up cause I have one microphone plugged into channel one on the mix pre six. Uh, Twitch will only have me in the left ear and I'm like, Ooh, I need to tell it to, so I have to go into my mix pre and go, Hey, combine one and two and make the mono. For some reason I can't say make one mono, but make one and two mono. Great. Boom. Um, when I do ask the podcast coach, I'm, I'm in one Emily's in channel three, the iPads in channel two. And there was something else I did. Oh, when I listen, I need to have chant the USB coming in has to be, paired channels three and four. So I get a left and right channel. That was another one that I was like, really? That's kind of weird. So I set these presets and on a PC, if I want to use what are called ASIO, where I can go into like Hindenburg or audition or wherever, 
and say, use channel one only and put channel two over here. It's really cool. But when I switched presets, it kept losing, like all of a sudden my PC would be like, what mix pre are you talking about? I'm like the one that's plugged in right here. And I'm like, nope, I'm going back to the old Griffin iMic that you still have plugged in. So it's a really big hassle. Sound devices support is so awesome. You can actually call and get a person if you wanted to, but I went old school and left them a, um, um, uh, an email and they got back to me. And basically what I'm found out is a, I don't have to use ASIO. I can actually do some of this stuff just by cheating, but it's something to do with the driver. And they said, the good news is a new driver's coming and it will fix this problem. Something about the person that makes the driver, it isn't signed. And so there's a setting I need to go into windows, yada, yada, yada. But in the end, um, I have just determined that keep it as simple as you can. Cause I, I realized I'm like, you know yeah. what? I don't need all this stuff. And rather than having presets, it takes two seconds to go like this morning. I went in and said, okay, arm channel two, group channel three and four done. I don't really need presets, but it is their support is really, really handy. So, but um, I did see somebody say that there needs to be a startup guide for a mix pre three or six, if you get one and Daniel's next course, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I started working on one because that's actually why, one of the reasons why I bought one is I had three people say, I just bought one. Can you teach me how to use it? And I'm like, hmm, I smell an opportunity here. So, But I thought the whole draw of it was it was very plug and play. The big draw of it is it's a USB device and it records at the same time. For me, at least, that's when I went. Okay. Uh, and some of it is easy. Like if I had four people, it's super easy to go. All right, you're you're a mic, you're a mic, you're mic two, you're mic three, you're mic four. Done. That part is easy. It's when you get into uh, this kind of stuff. You have USBs coming in, and and I'm still not a huge fan of they have a a single output. And I've tweaked a bunch of stuff, and I used to send the output to Mixler, and it always sounded slightly overmodulated. And I went in and turned everything down and did this and that. And it still just sounded, everybody was just slightly distorted. And what I do now is I split the headphone out of it and I send one of those to Mixler and then the other one goes to my headphone. So that's the one part that I'm kind of like, I need to dig in and go, that sounds like such a great, because you can really dictate what goes to the output. And when I do, I'm like, why is this somewhat distorted? It's kind of bizarre, but I, now we have a question in the chat room. Do you think a beginner should get something like a mix pre or a zoom H six, or if they're just starting their podcast, is it like, no, just get a USB mic for now and keep it simple to make sure that you're kind of yeah. in it for the long run. Yeah. That would be my thing. Uh, just start off, you know, first of all, a lot of people don't need mixers period. If you're doing a solo podcast, you can get an ATR 2100, plug it into your, you know, whatever, and hit record and go to town. Um, That's what I have. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> the one thing that I haven't had in a long time, and I'm probably going to jinx myself. I haven't had, I haven't lost an episode because a lot of times I'll do both. I'll record here, but like I've been doing a lot of the podcast rodeo show. I just record directly into Hindenburg and I'm like, you know, I haven't had an episode get eaten in a long time. Even in, I was playing in audacity. Yeah. You know, haven't really had anything because it used to be, and again, we're talking like 13 years ago, Audacity was not, that was, that was like, it was a cool program, but it was like about every 20, it'd be like, uh, crashed again. It's pretty solid. You know, um, I know you use Reaper. Yeah. Um, 
What's... I used Reaper even when I was editing with Audacity because I knew how to edit and do all the effects in Audacity. But my husband was using Reaper for his band. And for some reason, it got a much cleaner sound recording. So I would record on it. And he was like, you know what? Why don't you just learn Reaper? Take an afternoon and learn Reaper so you can just record. Boom. You don't have to export and then open it up again and keep modifying that file. You could just edit right in there. And I started using Reaper and it's great. Yeah, I always say you typically stick with whatever you started with first. Uh, I know for the longest time I was using. Mm-hmm, it's so long. I mean, again, we're talking 2005. It was something mix, something, some program. And then I went to Sony Acid. And then from there I went to Audition. And I actually just I, I mentioned Mike Russell earlier. I think I might go back to Audition. And it's it's shiny syndrome. Like I didn't realize they have a noise gate yeah. now. They have cool compressors. I I had accidentally turned off my Adobe Cloud to update, and the more I looked at it, I'm like, there's some really cool stuff over there. And I'm like, hmm, okay, I might have to go back. I, I, I remember maybe. I'm sorry. That's all right. I just I love the simplicity of Hindenburg. Uh, it's super duper simple, um, and I would definitely use it. Like I'm doing an episode on starting a network and that's going to be kind of for lack of a better phrase an npr style where i'm going to have a bunch of clips um that is definitely all hindenburg wouldn't want to do that in adobe audition but uh in terms of just editing and things like that i'm like hmm i might have to go back and peek it because uh, i'm paying for it i'm paying 20 dollars yeah. a month for it so if you're already paying for it and also if you're using photoshop too because that's the shiny syndrome thing is, well, I'm used to audacity and, but other people are saying auditions better or I should go with Reaper or Hindenburg. And it's like, if you already know it and you're getting your episodes out, don't go nuts with it. Like I bought Hindenburg maybe two years ago during radio. It was like national radio. Yes. And I was like, I'm going to buy this and it's great. And at that point I was still using audacity and I haven't opened it. I haven't even opened it to register it. Probably it's just on my computer. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know? Yeah. So if you're getting your episodes out and they sound good, you know, and that's where I was kind of laughing at myself. I'm like, wow, you are completely bright, shiny syndrome right now. But <laughs> um, Daniel mentions they now have a D verb option. So if oh. you have that person that, that took the blue Yeti, you know, stuck it in the middle of the table and, uh, you know, it sounds like it sounds, um, you can actually somewhat help a little bit with that. And that's when I went, Ooh, D verb. Ooh, I have to, I have to go play with a D verb. And then I heard an example of it and I was like, Hmm, maybe I need to go back to audition a little more. I try to play with all of them. I try to play with audacity audition and Hindenburg just so if somebody asks me a question, you know, I can say, Oh, click here, click there. And audacity is probably the one right now that I'm super Rusty and then they just came out. I I was really late on updating all the tutorials to whatever Audacity 2.2, I think was the previous release. And somebody I think it was James Cridlin said they just came out with an Audacity, I think it's three point something. And I was like, okay, great, I get to get to make more videos. Yay! <laughs> but I'm not sure what's new in Audacity. I'm hoping they kind of make it prettier, or I mean it's not. I've no, I was going to say I've seen uglier, but no, no, I haven't. It's, it's one of the, you know, my favorite is when you click on the effects um, menu 
And it just goes on for years. It's like, here's the effects. <laughs> and you're like, what? So. And my techie husband, as soon as I started working in Audacity, he was like, oh, there are all these free plugins. Let me throw on to you. So my effects in there, I have no need for them unless you're doing an audio drama. And I think I played with them too much. I'm like, well, because I have it. Sure, I'll turn my co-host into a robot just so I can use these effects. And the other thing is, I I know like, you say that it looks ugly, but I love the simplicity of it. it. It's, very, it's very much like I can't open Photoshop now without getting overwhelmed because I was an MS Paint girl for my entire life. I still do editing in, in Microsoft Paint. If I'm like, I'm just clipping a photo, it's fine. I'll open that up just because it's so simple and I already know how to use it. Yeah. Um, Dave says, which one is a good one to learn for beginners? Well, an example of it is, I don't know if you guys can see this or not. I'm going to bring my camera over and I'm just pointing at a mixer. And when you look <laughs> at this mixer and my vitamins, um, vitamins, if you look at the mixer here, you're like, holy cow, look at all the knobs. Well, when you, when you get into, let's say audacity and you click on the effects menu and you're like, ah, or if you go into audition and you accidentally get into the weird one where it looks like you're in hell and there's all this red. Yeah. I forget. <laughs> I forget the name of that view. Oh, the spectral view, The spectral view. And you're like, yeah. why, why is my screen on fire? <laughs> or, you know, you you're in Hindenburg and you click on the one little button for radio people. And this big weird thing comes up. You just realize that no matter what you start, you're in podcasting. You don't need about 80% of this stuff. It's yeah. all this weird, like, oh, well, if you're doing this or that, there's this tool and things like that. So audacity is a great place to start. If, especially if you're on a budget, it's free. There are tons of tutorials on audacity. Obviously there's a school of podcasting. Steve Stewart has a course. Carrie green has a course, but you can actually probably go to YouTube and find out enough. Cause really for me, this is all you need to know how to plug in your microphone, how to get a decent recording level, how to maybe fade in and fade out music if you want to do that, and then how to to cut out an um, and then how to drag stuff where you want it to go. That's really it if you recorded it properly. Emily, am I missing anything else? Maybe removing noise? Yeah, if, if you can do noise removal, that would be great. Once you learn, <laughs> once you learn the difference between good sounding audio <laughs> and uh, using your computer mic, you can't go back. And I'm trying to think even before I got into podcasting and I was just listening to podcasts, I was fine with the podcast I was listening to talking to people on Skype, clearly using their computer microphone. I was fine with that because I didn't know there could be anything better in a weird way. And I remember listening and they wouldn't edit things like, "Uh oh, you cut out of Skype. Let's kill 10 minutes trying to get reconnected. And I listened. <laughs> on one time speed because I love those podcasts so much. I didn't care not to say you shouldn't put out the best product possible right. going back now. I'm like, Oh, I would have written to her and been like, what are you doing? Stop. That could have been edited. <laughs> but Yeah. So uh, no matter what it is, you, you have to start somewhere and just, that's the thing that I always am worried about is no matter where you go, you're going to click on something or an interface. And that's one of the, the, it's a slight hurdle with audition. There are kind of two things. Audacity is a multi-track recorder. Um, Sony SoundForge is a program I use to go in and edit out ums and you knows. Why? Cause it was the first product ever used. I like the fact that I can speed it up and it's just, it's got some cool tools in it. Now, can I do that on audacity? 
sure, I can do that in Audacity. But you have these multi-tracks. So yeah. Audition has two hats. I can have I can go in and just look at a single file and edit out the ums and you knows there and, and get super duper, like get the scalpel out to really cut into that, uh, much like Sony SoundForge. But it also has the multi-track thing, just like a, uh, there's too many A's in podcasting, just like Audacity. So half the fun of Audition is learning how to switch hats. Like, oh, now I'm in the wave editor. Wait, hold on. Press nine. Okay, now I'm back into the multi-track. Because sometimes you're like, you press a button wrong. You're like, wait, what What happened? You know, I remember when I first started playing with Audition, there's um, some button that lets you switch the layout or whatever. And somehow I dragged something off the screen and could not get it back. I was like, wait, where's yeah. the, where's the thing of the thing? So, um, and you don't even know the name of it. So it's not right. like you can say, pull up this, uh, item that I was using. Cause you're like, well, what, what, the what tracky thing, find it. <laughs> where's the, where's the brown box on the right hand side in audition? Yeah. So it, many times I'd get mad and my husband would be like, just shut down audacity, open it back up. Yep. It'll go back to the way it was. It was. <laughs> yeah. What do you think as an editor, what makes you cringe the most? Like when somebody sends you a file and you're like, uh, um, content wise or, well, is it no more like, is it, is it, would you rather have, this is one of those, which one, which one is better? Would you ra- rather have a file that sounded good, but had a million ums or no ums, but it sounds like they're in a cave. Sounds like it's in a cave because I do let my clients know if you give me crap, I I can only do so much to it. I can't make it sound great. Ums just take a lot of time. That's the only reason why a lot of ums and repetitive and stuttering and that takes a lot of time to edit out. But if it sounds like crap, I can only do so much. And that maybe takes a half hour at the most. But one thing I will say, I did have one client who sent me something and he was trying to, he was trying to help me out and I appreciated it. And I, t- I had to tell him like, never do this again. He only edited his side of the audio. Oh. And- <laughs> he was like, I took out a bunch of my ums and the stuff I didn't want in there, not knowing that it affected the timing of the other one. So I had to kind of listen to the other one. And on a, this was a weird thing. The guest they were using was using their computer microphone. So what they were saying was getting picked up on their tracks. So it actually helped me out a bit to realize what Where they were. the host had cut. But still. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, no, I'm the editor. That's let me do my job. I know. I was like, you know, I and I charge by the 10 minute mark. So if, if an episode is 30 minutes, I'm going to charge them for that 30 minutes. If it's 40 minutes, stuff like that. So I I even had to say, I was like, it didn't save you any money. Just editing your track. You maybe took out two minutes. It wasn't like it was, Oh, round to the nearest 10. I was like, cause I still had to do the guest audio, which was the same length. So I don't know. Yeah. Thank you for the, (laughs) I, I appreciate the effort. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> yeah, that was that was funny, but it was sweet. But yeah, a lot of ums get to me too. You know, one thing that gets to me that I've talked to John Buchanan about, he's like, I've never noticed that women, when people are talking to women, they like to downplay a lot of their accomplishments and the word just. So I start editing out just when I'm talking to women. And they're like, I'm just a mom. I'm just 
running a marathon next week. I've just cured cancer. And they say just <laughs> try to be modest. And I'm like, no, that's going out. Come on. Be proud of this. There's a reason you're a guest on this podcast. Yeah, to being humble. Well, yeah. um, what is coming up besides your book next week? Uh, do you know what the topics coming up are on uh, the Story Behind podcast? Uh, this week, I just did a book update number two. Uh, where I go through all my acknowledgments. And I also did the story behind the printing press, which is different from, well, not different, but it's more interesting than what we learned in school. Uh, Gutenberg invented it and blah, 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 blah. And you take a test and da-da. No, there's actually some really cool stories behind it. And I need to apologize. I said last week that Paul Culligan will be on the podcast and I was ready at three o'clock to interview him. And he went, I thought it was next week. And I went, oh, Okay, so this week, Paul Culligan will be on. He just put out a thing about how it was interesting on Facebook Live versus YouTube versus podcasting, which audience is listening further into the content. And I was amazed at how poorly Facebook Live <laughs> does, especially the one example is uh, a company they were talking about Facebook Live on Facebook Live, and even that, people are like, nah, don't don't care about it. So that'll be coming out Monday. Kathy Heller uh, is somebody you may have not have heard of. She has a show about quitting your day job. She's coming up on the School of Podcasting. So stick around for some post-show. 